last time... Elder the Black Dragon is dead. Our heroes were successful in defeating the dragon and had a happy reunion with the people of Westman and the Musketeers. I was going to tell a time travel joke, but you didn't like it. Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters! Welcome, everyone, to another spectacular episode of Dungeons and & Dragons and & Daughters. We are a real play podcast no. for our fifth edition Dungeons & Dragons. No, we are real unicorns. We are real <laughs> unicorns <laughs> sitting around these microphones and no, in front of these cameras. You're real <laughs> So, it's, oh boy, it's, it's been a while since we've done this. Yeah. So, busy. Yeah, we've been busy. It's been a busy summer. Lots of things going on. Yep. So a little I bit. Sing in my mouth. Yes, I was going to bring that up. So Birdie is going to sound a little bit different yeah. for a while with these recordings because uh, she got an expander put inside of her mouth. <gasps> she's getting getting ready Sorry. for braces. That was kind of so, loud. So she's going to sound a little bit different uh, for a couple months. Or and then a year. Well, and then a year. After you get your regular braces, on, I think you'll be sounding more more like yourself. Yeah, and if I go. <laughs> I'm just trying to get food out of my mouth. I'm trying to do it for, away from the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so couple housekeeping items. Let's talk about some five star reviews that we've got since last time. Oh, thank you, everybody. And sadly, D- Dave is not here. Yeah. Yep, we'll get to that. So, five star reviews. First one is from I Am Stomp. Daring and dazzling and delightful. This podcast is wonderful. Kurt is a skilled dungeon master and his daughter's talented players. Kurt weaves a great story together. The girls do their best to fill it in with many laughs along the way. Keep up the wonderful work. And always remember, Dave is dumb. That was from uh, oh, Mitch from uh, the Dungeon Master's oh, Block. Okay, Appreciate true it, Mitch. fact. True fact. Dave is dumb. And I love your name. <laughs> That's like the best name ever. All right. The, we got another one uh, from Julie456. Thank you. Titled Cutest D&D Podcast Ever. <gasps> That's me. And I she's cutest. She says, I dare you to listen to this podcast without smiling. It's phenomenal. <laughs> less than three, less than three, less than three. Do you know what that means? No. Nope. Less than three? It makes the shape of a heart? Heart, 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 no, heart. no, is but this is before emojis where people actually had to like type out special characters like on the side to make uh, special symbols. Oh, so I like do a, a three in the arrow. Less than three. Like, yeah, so if you turn turn sideways, then it's a heart. So it, it was really heart, heart, heart. I just I thought it was funny if I say less than three. Okay, moving on. Just said three arrow, three arrow. <laughs> A couple of other announcements I want to throw out. I uh, get out there right at the very beginning. Is I uh, wanted to give a shout out to Matt at Detentions and Dragons. So I got, uh, I had a fantastic time chatting with Matt from Detentions and Dragons uh, wait, wait, the wait. other day. Don't you mean Dungeons and Dragons? Nope. Nope. Their show is called Detentions and Dragons. And the reason why they call it that is because um, Matt and his co host are teachers. And they ha- run a podcast, and they run uh, Dungeons and Dragons clubs where they get uh, kids to play Dungeons and Dragons at school. Uh, the kids that they typically play with are a little bit older, um, and their podcast focuses on uh, some really great discussions and talking about how to run games and how to get kids interested in, in uh, Dungeons and Dragons. And they brought me on because I they considered me an expert in having a lot of experience in running Dungeons and Dragons for little kids. <laughs> I know you're nine, but to some people, they still consider that little. Well, actually, that's a compliment because I don't want to grow up. Because if I did, I wouldn't be a Toys R Us kid. Uh, What? No one watches Toys R Us commercials. (laughs) (laughs) I don't see them anymore because they're out of the... the, the Yeah, they're going out of business. It's so sad. Uh, No, no, they're going out of the country. Is it just going out of the country? Yeah. Mm. One last announcement uh, is that 
Uh, nothing for for this episode, but uh, for the next episode that we're going to do, we're going to have Joe, the dungeon master from You Meet in a Tavern on. He's going to be our first internet guest on the show Hello. that's going to be playing Dave. Is it going to be live? Well, we'll record it live, but I will have to edit it down and then and then release it. Because, um, um, Sammy. Because, yeah. <laughs> So, but super excited to have Joe on. He has been doing his podcast, You Meet in a Tavern, for a little bit longer than than ours. Um, but I came across his podcast at about the same time he came across ours as well, and he's been a great supporter of our show ever since then. So it uh, it's really fantastic that it worked out to to have him on, and uh, really looking forward to to having him on to, to play Dave. And we'll give uh, a little bit more plugs to him, give him a chance to tell you about uh, where to find him, and uh, you meet in a tavern when he's on. But I uh, want to give a little bit of a preview announcement for that because I'm super excited. Okay. So, Moving on. should we play Dungeons and Dragons? Wait, we're, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. How about you tell them what we are going to do today? How, or how about I? I know Dave died. <laughs> Dave did not yep. die. Yep. I okay. I will be playing Dave. I'm used to playing lots and lots of characters in this you're game. You're playing Dave. I'm gonna play Dave. So you're and so, not gonna play Dave. I'm gonna play what Dave. You're supposed to do. No, no. Everyone that comes on that plays Dave, they give Dave their own special spin on Dave. So nobody has done anything wrong with with Dave. But I'm gonna play Dave today because this is gonna be kind of an, an interlude, a kind of a maintenance episode that we're doing today. Um. So yeah, it's it's. Really didn't feel the need to, to have a guest player on for this. I'm sorry for the viewers who are disappointed that Matt, who plays Perfect Dave, is not here. <laughs> Perfect Dave. Because So let me start over. So it's been about a month since last time. Since you killed the ancient black dragon, Eltor. And you spent about a month with the other musketeers and the other townsfolk of Westmen uh, getting the refugees settled. And Wait, I have a question. Has it actually been a month since we played D&D? No, it has not been a month. Oh, okay. No, has but it in, almost? In game, it's been a month. And it gets to the point of where Doc says that you all need to get back to Olympus because there's some things that we need to get settled with the Musketeers. You all need to get back to work because now that we have these people settled, well, not completely settled, there's still a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do here with the refugees, but we helped out a lot. We took care of the terrible black dragon threats, and so you're all heading back to Olympus. But did you hear about that guy? He can bring creatures back to life. And so the dragon was once dead, but breath, back, breath. Are you talking about Christofferson? Yeah. Yeah, so Christofferson, you don't know if he can bring creatures back to life. You just know that he was the one that released Eltor. So that's one of the reasons why Doc wants to get back to Olympus is because she wants to gather up the musketeers to figure out what's the best next actions for going after Christofferson and some of the other terrible, uh, evil creatures that are being released in the world right now. Most likely, a lot of people are going to die. That's right. That's right. A lot of people could die unless you do something about it because you are the heroes of this story. So you arrive back in Olympus on the Atlantean jet. And you have your ponies with you. <gasps> Tiny <laughs> I can already smell it. <laughs> Did you put bacon does, perfume Wait, does on bacon it? actually smell like bacon? That is, is that why you named your pony bacon? So the Atlantean jet touches down kicks up a ton of dust up around it and it's late afternoon so the sun is just starting to settle on the horizon and you have to remember that Mount Olympus is in the mountains it's in a in a desert area so it's very dry very warm and there's lots of sand and dust that gets kicked up everywhere that's what Minnesota feels like right now but except there's grass well no, it's very humid out in Minnesota oh, right now. So it's yeah. this. So it's the dry heat uh, where Mount Olympus is. So it's actually probably more comfortable there right now than it is here. 
everyone that's on the top of Mount Olympus. Because if you remember, uh, Mount Olympus looked like it, it, it's a giant mountain that's got a big long trail that leads up to it from, from the desert. But it looks like that the top of the mountain had just gotten chopped off. So it's a flat surface on top. And on the top of it, there is a large tower, which the last time you were here, folks referred to as the Wizard's Tower. There's also the nets for the musculators that you see that are still standing, but they don't appear to have anyone in them, and they don't appear to be in use anymore. And where you land in the jet is appears to be this landing pad area, where right next to it is the stables for the horses, ponies, and um, next to those, a larger stable for the griffins. <gasps> Can I get a dog? Can I get a pig? We'll, we'll get to that. Can so I just to describe the scene, so the, the Atlantia jet touches down in a roar of jet engines and dust and wind gets kicked up everywhere. And everyone that's standing out on top of Mount Olympus is staring at you wide-eyed and open mouth because they've never ever seen a jet airplane before <laughs> so there's like this is new technology there's like they have no idea what this is there's uh, like technology to them like they have to make they don't know what a tv is well it's, it's all magic to them so i come out riding tiny ginger and i go yeah all right so yep you come out and people greet you, and they take your things, and uh, they run off to do their musketeer duties and to do their debrief- debriefings and talk to, to other people. So And look at the jet. And what? Look at the jet. And look at the jet. There's a lot of people that are looking at the jet right now. Like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing I've ever, ever seen. So Doc comes out. And she stops, you see, she says to the three of you, because Dave is there too, even though that we don't have uh, a player here playing Dave. But you are. But yes, I'll be playing Dave. Will you talk as Dave? Yeah, that is one thing I, I wanted to talk about, is like, I got to come up with a voice for, for Dave. It's, try to do, how about Matt's voice? <laughs> try and do Matt's voice? No, I was thinking, of this uh, This was going to be Dave's voice. No. You don't like Dave's voice? Dave's voice, I love cute little Dave's, uh, change it. <laughs> you, you don't like this voice for Dave? No. I'm going to stick with that. No! Yay! No, 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 no. So no. it's just for this episode. It's just for a little bit. If that was the real one. So, so Doc comes out to the three of you and she says, there's lots, there's lots of things that I have to take care of. Paperwork, administration work, and planning for tomorrow. Um, but get yourself settled. There's the stone bed inn that's uh, further down in the mountain. If you really wanted to, you could go down to the uh, gnome settlement at the bottom of the mountain. It's not as comfortable, and it's a long ways down. But the stone bed inn is is very comfortable, and uh, feel free to stay there until we get uh, your accommodations figured out. Since you are now going to be residents of uh, Mount Olympus. Okay, I want to. Ha- I would like to have a pink ca- castle with a galaxy wall. Uh, they. They don't have that at at the inn. Okay, just give me a lot of chips and salsa right now. <laughs> Doc says, um, go talk to Betha about that. She <laughs> she might be able to help I you. I haven't had food for a month. I'm no, so you've sad. been no, you've been eating and drinking and sleeping and I doing everything that you normally do for the last month. I haven't I haven't had any food for six hours. <laughs> The only thing that you haven't been doing for the last month is killing monsters. So, you basically, uh, you have run of Olympus. So, what? where would you like to go? Well, I'm sorry. A couple of other things has changed that you notice when Doc walks off. Because she starts heading t- towards the main entrance leading down into the mountain. And before she gets to that, you notice that there's actually some new structures that have been built up around the hole. And that it looks like that they're funneling everybody through a through a security line, and it looks like that they're doing some sort of spells or screenings on people before they're allowed into Mount Olympus. I bet because they're really afraid if one of like, um, you know, Christopherson come, mm-hmm. they're like, we have to. They should just make a magical dome around them. 
Like your hobo hut? <laughs> okay, I need henchmen. You need henchmen? Yes. Alright. So how do you think you should go about doing that? I will ask Pop. Who's Pop? Oh, from Snap, Gringle, and Pop? Okay. You'd have to go all the way down to the bottom of the mountain to do that. No, I'm just going to do feather fall. You can do feather fall. <laughs> I, I, I'm too lazy. Well, so, all right. So, you, yeah, you could talk to anybody that you want. You can go exploring around if you wanted to. Um, you, there are uh, places to shop here. I need to ask. I'm going to the sh <gasps> pet shop. Is, is there a henchman shop? A henchman shop? You don't know. Is there a pet shop? You don't know. I go into shops and find a pet shop and buy. Well, no. So <laughs> all these shops, all of the shops are inside the mountain, and you have to go through this screening process to get to them. I, I go through. Well, you don't just go through because there's a long line of people that are standing there. So all the people that landed on the jet, they're they're getting in line now to to go through the screening process, and there was already a bunch of people that were standing in line already. How much? It only take you like ten minutes of waiting in line to get through it. Then I said, I go in. I go in line. No. Then I said, get. I have VIP. I'm, I can go in front of the line. So you're gonna try and cut in line. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I have VIP. It's a thing now. <laughs> it's a thing now. <laughs> All right. So, so I budge the front person. So, so you go up to the front of the line, and there's a there's a uh, there's a pair of uh, gruff looking dwarfs that are standing there. They look very impatient. I said. Both I have of them. VIP. Both of them are carrying large battle axes and war hammers. Uh, I have VIP. V VIP. Doc gave it to me. That. Back on the line. No, for real. I'll show you. We've been here for half an hour. What? Half an hour. That's how long we've been waiting. Get to the back of the line. I get in line. To how the back about of the line, or do you try and okay? How about I take your place, and then you can have as long as you want for a rest. That, that doesn't sound like a very good deal to me. No, for free. <laughs> you don't have to give me anything. I'll stay there and keep on Back of the line. <laughs> do, do you want to roll a persuasion check for me? Yes, of course. No, and you don't have to wait for me to ask. If, if you run into a problem like this, you could just say, I want to try and use this skill. Wait, oh, 16 total okay 16 and so all right so what, what's your offer to him again i will take his place and he can go relax <laughs> He's, he pauses for a moment he starts thinking about it. He's like well i have been waiting out in this hot sun for quite a while it'd be nice to find some shade go ahead have your break and, and he looks over at the other dwarf and he's like Ulfgar. he's like Ulfgar, what do you what do you think it's like, are you daft, man? We've been waiting in the line for half an hour. There's no way I'm giving up my spot. Do you want to try rowing persuasion on Ulfgar? Wait, but what are you, you going to say to him? Oh, come on. I'll give you my, my stuffed animal duck. You're going to give up your stuffed animal duck? <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. I'll give him my teddy bear. Rhubarb pie. No, no, you know. No, it. your rhubarb. No, that was ages ago that you lost that rhubarb pie. Why? That sank in the boat. Okay, I'll give him a, my teddy bear. You're gonna give him your teddy Birdie, bear. Birdie, you love that teddy bear. Here, I'll, I'll give you a boomerang. A boomerang. You love your boomerang. Your, your large boomerang. You love your boomerang. Okay, roll. Yeah, I could get another. Roll, roll another persuasion for me. <laughs> no, you can't reroll it. What was it? It was an eight. A ten. Ten no, wait, total. It was an yeah, but she adds something to it. It's an eight. Oh, okay, it's an eight. Oh, you don't add anything to it? Okay, so <laughs> so he shakes his head, he crosses his arms, and he stomps his foot, and he goes, Back of the line with you! Oh. But you can tell that the line is actually moving pretty fast now. So if you get in and line... I'm it, already at the front of the line. <laughs> yeah, you've already moved up a couple of spots since you got in line. Then I just budge... I just buzz me and I'm like, hey, no, and I, push her, I push her in my with my elbow. I'm like, get back to the line. How did I say? I said, well, um, I can't, um, you saved me a spot. You promise? I didn't promise anything. Wait, wait. So, so you're going to leave the front of the line and go back to Mimi and then try and get in line with her? Okay. Security. <laughs> You're gonna call security on her? 
No! Security! She's budging me! She's she's my friend. But you budge me. No! So it's uh it's actually it's Sarge that's standing behind Mimi right now, and he's he's standing there with his arms crossed. He looks very much uh, the same kind of demeanor as the dwarf. Uh, I'll go at the front to, of the line. I'll go to the end of the line. No, and Sarge speaks up over over the cigar that he's chewing on in his lips, and he says, "Galaxy, if you uh you want to get in line with Mimi, that's, that's fine by me." Okay. And then you hear someone in the over in the back of the line like, "That's not fair, can he's I like, budge you?" He's like, "Hey, no cutting." No. And Sarge yells back at the the rest of the people. He's like, "Ah, oh, pipe down!" So you get up to the towards the front, and you start noticing um, that there is a stone ring that's been laid out on the ground, and everyone has to stand in it for a moment. And there's an elf that's giving directions, but you can't quite hear what he's saying. And when people stand in it, you see this bright white flashing light that shoots out of the sky and hits the people in the circle. And everyone that stands in the circle and gets hit by this light, they they scrunch up and their eyes close up and they grit their teeth and it looks really, really painful that they're of what they're going why through. Why do you right have now. to do it? So why don't you roll a uh, an arcana check for me? Okay. I'm good at arcana. You should be, you're a wizard. Eighteen. Eighteen? Okay. And so, so you got a twelve, okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, Galaxy, you're you're distracted by some other things that are going online and the other procedures that are there, but Mimi, you pick up on this right away because this is actually a spell that you know. And you could tell that with the, the stones that they laid out, whoever set this up, whoever stands inside, they get hit by the spell Moonbeam. I do. Yes, you do know that spell. And Moonbeam, it causes damage. It hurts when you get hit by it. But one of the, be- one of the other aspects of Moonbeam is that if you are a shapeshifter or a shape changer, there's a chance that Moonbeam will change you back into your natural form. So if you are a werewolf, there's a chance that Moonbeam will turn you back into a human. So if, because I don't want any prisoners coming, well, like someone that could kill me. Why have well, you done you, that earlier? Well, you don't know. You, you, it's just, you just know that's what, the, that's what the spell does. So you understand what the spell is and what it, what it does. Um, but I guess you're you're not quite sure why they would put this here and make everyone go through it, but you do know that it is something that's extremely painful. And it is there is a chance that going through it, it could actually kill you because of how much damage it does. So you're about to... All right, so you're next in line now after you've been waiting for about 10 minutes and you get up to the stone circle. What do you do? I stand in it and I feel pain. Okay, so you're just going to walk right into it? Mm-hmm. Okay, you too, Galaxy? No, I'm going to say, is it painful? Yes! And the, the elf that's... <laughs> yes! And the elf says, all of you must get in. All of you must get into the circle. Why? Well, because if we just did it one at a time, it would take a lot longer. So I need a number of, pe- a number of you in. So I need all okay. three of you to get into the circle, please. La, 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 la. Wait. So we just walk off then? I have a feeling You just walk into the circle. Crap. You think no, it's a trap? So you walk on, and then you, uh, after it's done, you walk off into town? Then then you walk off, and then you head down the stairs that lead into the mountain, what which leads I, into town. What can I do to see if it's a trap? Um, you could do an arcana check again, because now you're, you're actively looking I'll at this. I'll do an arcana check, okay. Fifteen. Fifteen, okay. I got a sixteen. Okay. So you both don't think that this is a trap. You think that this is this is just a spell. What about Dave? Um, Dave does not think it. it well, let's check. Dave is like de- definitely not a trap. <laughs> and so he he stands in the circle. So do I. Okay. I'm like I gotta break this. All right. So. I'm so. So the scared. elf says, "Okay, one second. This is gonna sting a little." And this white beam shoots out of the sky and hits all three of you. I didn't step in yet. Yes, you did. No, you said you didn't. did. No, she didn't. You didn't? Okay, well, they won't start it up until you step in. Come on, Mary. Teddy goes in first. <laughs> you want to make Sam go in first? No, Teddy. You're going to make 
Teddy going first. I put my teddy. No, Teddy might be destroyed. Okay, so so the elf says, okay, okay, you can you can go with the next group of people. How's that? Okay. All right. <laughs> so you, so Mimi and Dave gets hit by this white beam shooting out of the sky, and you each take five points of radiant damage. And I need you to make a constitution saving throw. It's a very painful. Eleven. Eleven. Okay. So you don't you don't make your saving throw. So you still take all five points of damage from this. Does Dave? Uh, Dave. Dave does actually make it. So he. Oh no! I'm sorry. No, he does not make it. But so he takes the full five points of damage too. If you did make it, what, how much points would you take? If he did make it, then he would only take two points. So your skin is a little red and a little raw after getting hit by this by this white moonlight. Then I smell big. <laughs> Wait, what about our ponies? You don't have your ponies right now. The, the we'll say that the the ponies got taken over to the stables, so they're in the stables, and waiting and ready for you and safe. Yes, for when you are ready to call. And they can them. never die. Never and they can die. never die. They are unstoppable forces of nature that can never die. Uh, All right. So uh-huh. Galaxy, are you now going to step in the the circle with? With Sarge. I, first I said Mimi. I yelled, but it's really painful. Not that much, but. So, Galaxy, do you step into the circle with Sarge? Yes, I hold Teddy Bear in my hand. Okay. So, you look up, and Thou says, one moment. This is going to sting a little. Will my Teddy Bear burn? And then the light comes down. Before <laughs> I even finish my sentence. Yep. Ooh. Well, and you take, um, roll a constitution saving throw. Is it a lot? It's, it's more than what Mimi and Dave took. Why? It's just the roll of the die. Roll a constitution saving throw. 11. 11. Okay, that's not good enough. All right, so you're going to take the full damage. How much? You take 16 points of radiant oh, damage. I'm dead. I'm dead. No, you're not. You're not dead. I'm dead. You're not dead. You are, but it hurts a you lot. You have even more. Why didn't I go? So with you that? are your so you come out of it and your your skin is bright red. You look like a lobster. Like you've been you've been sitting out in the sun for two days straight without so sunscreen. I smell it. Yeah, it's like ah, you bacon. you hope that it's just the dust around in the area, but you, it almost looks like that there's smoke coming up off of your arms. Um, now let's go see if we can find a pet shop. And the, and the elf that's there, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. That was a that was a particularly bad one. Um. Yeah. You gotta, pay, you gotta pay for that. Yeah. So um, and then he looks, he looks over at uh at Mimi and Dave. He's like, but luckily you you have a you have a cleric with you. He should be able to heal you. Then I said, I should go to the hospital. <laughs> but I say, is there a um, Mr. Elf? Is there like a pet store around? Um, there's no pet store in Mount Olympus, but there there may be a pet store. Down in the gnome village. Can you give us directions? It's just at the base of the mountain where the muscolators are. So we have to go all the way down. You'd have to go all the way down, and then you'd have to come back up here and come back through the uh, the moonbeam spell. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Um. So next. Let's oh, oh, and birds and birds. Um. So, um. She, um, Mimi's talking to Dave and Galaxy. So we should explore here for like a couple of hours, and then we can go down by the muscolators and go to the pet shop. Well, it's getting it's getting kind of late, so I think maybe that we should explore a little bit here, and um, maybe tomorrow. and tomorrow we'll go down. But let's get some. It'd be nice to sleep in a bed. And I do not want to stay in this country Wait, is the building. Is it in them the town? It is in the town. Yeah. So, but remember, this is this is a mountain that's been hollowed out. So we're actually going down a huge set of stone staircases that's going deep into the heart of the mountain. So there's a town that's inside, but it's all underground. It's is there all, windows? Um, there's some windows. There's large holes that have been drilled through the bedrock for for a mile that lets in a very narrow shaft of light that comes in. But other than that, no. So it's like when you get down in, you can't see sky. You don't see blue. You don't see but the desert wait, once is you're there inside. Lights, like, oh, I... yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, there's torches and lights everywhere. So Dave can see? Yes, Dave absolutely can see. Yes, because da, 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 da. Dave is not the only one at Mount Olympus that, that doesn't have 
uh, dark vision. So you go down this large staircase that spirals around the opening that leads down into the heart of the mountain. And you go around one turn and you come to a landing. And that's when there's another line. And it looks like that there's another screening process that's here. No. But it's it's not like the last one. It's not a stone ring. It doesn't look to be moonbeam. But there does appear to be someone casting spells on people and talking to them. They don't seem to be in any pain, but actually both of you roll perception checks for me. I think I know what it is. They're talking to them. So if like they're in a certain like like, if they're spies, then they spill all their secrets. <laughs> That's a very good guess. So I'll let you roll a perception check or an arcana check, whichever is best for you. 21. Very good. Uh, which one am I going to do better? I'm going to do my per- arcana because it's a better one. So I'm going to do ni- it's 19. 19, okay. So you both rolled very, very well. So you both get up towards the front of the line. And that's when you realize that there appears to be a priest that's there that's casting Zone of Truth on everybody that comes through. And after he casts this on people, he starts asking them some very basic questions. You hear him ask, So, what's your name? Where do you come from? And are you actually who you say you are? And the people, they say their name, they say where they're from, and they answer yes, and then they're allowed to move past. Or they say no. <laughs> they, can't, they can't, they their minds are like, they can't. Right, if, if they were to say no, then they would know that those are people that shouldn't be in Mount Olympus, and the guards would, would and, come running up. And, and the spells don't work on, and the spell doesn't, well, it could, but. Spells don't work on what? Nothing. Okay, so now you get up there. And this is, this is a human priest that's there. He's like, I'm going to cast a spell on you. Please do not resist. Okay. But you can resist if you want to. Nope. All right, so he holds out his hand, and he grasps a medallion around his neck. It's not the same medallion like what Dave has. It appears that this is a cleric of a, of a different god or goddess. And he mutters a prayer underneath his breath. And this white light shoots out from his hand and envelops you all and you feel the magic wrap around you and get tighter and tighter and tighter, but not painfully, but you just feel the magic sink into you. And you are now suddenly compelled to tell the truth. And the man looks at you. What is your name? Mimi Moon Whisper. Mimi Moon Whisper. Where are you from? Zeloshint. Zeloshint, really? Oh. Terrible what happened there. I am royalty. <laughs> <laughs> I am part, part of the royal family. That's that's good to know. So, Mimi, are you who you say you are? Yes. Very good. You may go. And, and, then he, the and now he looks at Galaxy. What is your name? I forgot. That's not true. <laughs> You, you can't say that. You 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 may be thinking that, but as the words are about to come out of your mouth, it changes into galaxy. What do you have to say your full name? And your and your and your last name. So what's your Galax- full name? Galaxy Moon Whisper. Ah, and where are you from, Galaxy Moon Whisper? Zeloshin. Ah, oh, again, terrible what happened in Zeloshin. I I say she's royalty. And I'm- galaxy. Are you who you say you are? Yes. Okay, you may go. And then you do the same thing for Dave. And he goes through with no problem. What does he say? Yeah, he says his name is Dave. No, what's his last name? No. Dave no. Is Yeah, we, we actually don't have a last name for Dave. Um, Dave Ronald. Dave Cuckoo. I feel like we should give him a good halfling name like Dave Lightfoot or Dave... Uh, Foot. Hobcobble or something. Dave Foot. Dave Foot, no. Dave Foot. <laughs> no, we'll figure we'll figure that out another time. So he says his name is Dave, and he is from he's from Shadywood. And then the priest asks him if he is who he says he is, and he says yes, and so he's allowed to go by. And then 
Yeah, and then the priest continues on casting the spell and asking everybody else the, the same questions. So you get down to the next level, and this is where the Mount Olympus starts really opening up, and this is where there are roads and large open areas that have been carved into the mountain. And you can see that there are shops that are lining the walls that are all have entrances that are made out of stone. And you can see signs above them. You see a sign for the Stone Bed Inn. That was the place that Doc had mentioned that you could f- probably find a place to stay. Let's go check in with a room and then we can go check out some more stuff. Yeah. Okay. Other two storefronts that, that catch your eye is that there's a place called There's This Guy Pub. Is that a bar? It is a bar, yes. And then there's another store that's called Fantasy Items. I, uh, Fantasy Items! Let's go there really quick because I feel like going there. Very quick? Okay. Alright, so you go to Fantasy Items. I thought you would want to go to the bar. So you go in the door, and it's a stone door, or not a stone door, it's a wooden door in a stone frame. But it opens easily, and it and it squeaks a little bit as you open it up. And there's a bell that rings once you go inside. And this this store is looks like it just opened recently. There's lots of unopened boxes, and it seems like there's lots of materials that are haphazardly put around. But... It does look like it has some very, very nice things. Um, I walk up to the front and say, what kind of stuff do you have here? There's nobody at the front desk, but there is a bell that you can ring for service. I ring. Ring, 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 ring. And you hear this, hold on, it'll be right there. Please don't tell me, please don't tell me. (laughs) (laughs) And Greg comes walking out of the back. And he's like, Mary, Galaxy. Well, how did you end up here? I, I arrived here just a, a week ago. Uh, they they put me in charge of uh, of divvying out the uh, the magic items for the Musketeers. Uh, um, what kind of stuff do you have here? Well, we've got all kinds of great stuff here, and uh, no, like what kind? Well, we've got we've got weapons, we've got armor, and we've got uh, magical artifacts. Um, where are the weapons? Oh, the, the weapons are right here. Um, what kind of weapons are there? So, I'm not going to do that voice for the entire time. So, he starts showing you a couple of items. So, there are, uh, there are three weapons that are available. There's one that's a rapier. What's that? Uh, it's like, it's like, a, it's a thin, skinny sword. You have one already. Okay. But this is a magical rapier. I don't have a rapier. She has a javelin quarterstaff and scimitar. I'm sorry. I think, okay, so a rapier is similar to a scimitar. Okay. Uh, there is a javelin that's okay. there in the shape of a lightning bolt. I already. But these are magical items. And the third weapon that he has is a dagger. What if it was a picture of me? <laughs> <laughs> no, but that'd be a weapon. He'd be like, that's not for sale. Um, wait, um... Can you list the like weapons, blah blah blah? Can you list all the different? I get you sure. I can tell you about all the things I have and what they do. No, no, no. I mean, like, what's other things besides weapons? Oh, so there is a there's a helmet that's there. Um, oh, and I can actually show you a picture of that. <laughs> do you have a spell scroll or anything? Uh, there's no spell scroll, but there does appear to be a magical book. That's there. Does it seem like for spells? Um, you're not sure. This one right here in the middle, that's what the helmet looks like. Um, okay. Um, is there anything else? Yes. I really like that. There, there's totally, there's totally other things. Okay. Is there gloves? Like so, fancy gloves? Um, so there. Okay. So there's the rapier that I told you about, which is which is a magical sword. So if you want to hear more information about these items, you can ask Greg about it. So there's that helm. There's this manual. What's a helm. A helmet, <laughs> yeah. And there's this manual that it, it it doesn't look like a spell book, but it looks like it might be instructions for doing magical things. Like, you'd, you'd have to ask Greg more about it uh, to get more information about it. But it's not a spell book, but it does look like that it is magical in a certain way. There's also a hat. 
So there, there, I don't have a picture of the hat to show you, but it's the hat is it's a rather nondescript looking hat. It's almost like uh, it's a brown leather fedora. It's kind of like Indiana Jones's hat. Okay. Anything else? There is. Oh yes, yes. Is it magical? Yes, all these things are magical. Is there oh, even the picture of me? There is no picture of Galaxy there. <laughs> okay, so there's a magical bag that's there as well. Oh, but I also called this in the bag. There's the javelin, which I told you about, which is actually in the shape of a lightning bolt. Oh, you said that two or three times. There's a very nice looking shield that oh. Dave has his eye on. He's looking at it. Uh, there's a magic ring. And then there's the magical dagger that I told you about earlier. So which um, which item would you be interested in hearing more I about? Like the helmet. <laughs> okay. So the helmet is called a helm of brilliance. And I'm not going to do this in, in Greg's voice. Okay. Uh, but this helmet is covered with uh, a bunch of diamonds and rubies and opals. And any gem that is taken from the helmet crumbles to dust. Uh, when all the gems are destroyed, the helm loses its magic. But when you take the when you take one of the gems, it allows you to cast spells with those gems. And the ge the gem gets destroyed when you cast the spell. You can cast spells like daylight, fireball, prismatic spray, or wall of fire. Okay. I am a fa does it boost the spells? No, it just it just lets you have yeah. access to those additional spells when you have this helmet. Okay. But then you can um use how much is the helmet worth? Uh the helmet is twelve hundred gold. So like one thousand two hundred um, How I, much gold do you have? One thousand three hundred and sixty. Yeah, so it would so this item would cost most of your gold. What's the cheapest thing you have? Okay, so let me start this way. There's three things that are very powerful and cost 1,200 gold. That's the rapier, the helm of brilliance, that's this helmet that I just described to you, and this manual, this magic book. Are they the most powerful? They are the most powerful. Okay. The other items are 600 gold. That's the hat, the bag, the javelin, the shield, the ring, and the dagger. I, well... Okay, um, can I just talk to my group for a little bit? Sure, um, sure, I, take your time. I really think we should get that manual because it looks really mysterious. I, I want the manual because, you know, I am the spell person. Well, how much gold do you have? 998. How much is Dave You have 998? Maybe oh. we could take a loan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said, will you take 50% off? For me, it's a, these these items are already at a steep discount for musketeers. I'm sorry, this is as low as I can go. Can I do persuasion check? I'll say, Dave. Dave says, uh, Galaxy, I'd be willing to loan you the money. How much money do you have? What? Let me try to persuade. Uh, Dave has a little over 1,200 gold, so he could lend her some money and buy one of the 600 gold. And then items. he could still buy that shield. Yes, he could buy that can, shield. Or can I just try persuading him quickly? <laughs> sure. <laughs> You're going to try to persuade Greg. <laughs> Fifteen. Fifteen. He's like, oh, Galaxy, I don't, I don't know. Um, I could get in, this is, I haven't been on this job for very long. I could get into a lot of trouble if I, if I give you a really, really big discount. Um, I'll give you uh, a doorknob. You can replace. Put in a new door and you don't have to buy a how door. About, uh, how about you agree to go out on a date with me? <gasps> Wait, if she went on a date with you, how much money would she have to pay? Well, well, how much gold do you have? 998. So it would be 998 gold and a date with Greg. Oh, I, I have um, 200 gold. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now, now roll a deception check. <laughs> okay, I'm not going on a date with him, though. Nope. You're not going on the date? It doesn't? No. Okay. Just kiss him on the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Just kiss him on the cheek. You, you're not even willing to kiss him on the cheek? No. Okay. How about on the lips? This even worse. Yeah, so will you do it? He's not so, on the cheek. Just to remind you, Dave did say that he would lend you the okay. gold for it. How about you lend me the gold? Because I'd rather not go 
right. So, all right. So it'd be twelve hundred gold. So you have zero gold now. No, 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 no. Oh, sorry. I'm mistaken. I don't need any money. I have actually one thousand two hundred ninety-eight. I was actually reading the. <laughs> okay, that's a little bit different. How much is it? It's it's twelve hundred gold for the item. Greg hands you the book, and he hands it to you very gingerly. It is a super duper old book, and it's very very thick, and it's bound in leather and and metal. And the one thing that strikes you as very odd about this is actually roll an Arcana check for me. A fifteen. You get a fifteen. Okay, that's good enough. So when you hold this item in your hands you think that the leather might actually be human skin and you open up the book and you start looking through it does it look like there's any blood marks you don't don't see any blood marks on it galaxy this works out pretty well for you so you open up the book and you start reading through the instructions and that's when you realize that this is a manual of golems specifically a flesh golem. This is a very ancient and intricate magical ritual to create a flesh golem. Do you know what a flesh golem is? No. Do you know Frankenstein? Yeah. Frankenstein would be considered a flesh golem. It was he was a creature that was made. created and made out of the parts and skin of other creatures. This book tells you how to do that and so now if you follow the instructions in this you could make one and you now would have a minion henchman or a henchman yes you would now have a henchman <laughs> no, but that would cost materials and money it does it does cost materials and monies but now she knows how to make henchmen <laughs> Um, so I, have I, buy, a I buy the helmet and I put it on it and I look super gorgeous. Um, turn into a tiara. Okay, so you're gonna pay the money for for the helmet. Yes. Okay. So I, again, this is the helm of brilliance. Do I get more brilliant? <laughs> no, no. It's just it's just. No, a, I learn more spells, but yeah. And I I ask Greg a question. So have you been here like for a while? He's like, I've been here for about a week. Um, so, you know there's a pet shop by the musculators? Uh, to tell you the truth, I'm not sure. I don't, those, well, those musculators really scare me. I, um, well, no, but there's I like, thought about trying it, but I wet my pants. Uh, I um, wet my pants when well, I was okay, um, You actually went on it? Yeah. It, it was totally safe. <laughs> Bertie's doing air quotes for people that are listening. Totally, quote unquote, safe. <laughs> um, so around here, what would you estimate buying a duckling would be? Like, how much would that be? Like fifty? Uh, 20? I'm not. I'm not sure if. Uh, well, actually, if you wanted to buy a duckling, I'd probably go see. Uh, go see the butcher. They they probably have ducks. Mr. Butcher! <laughs> you should say, don't butcher the ducks. Um, so I run, I thank him and run over to the butcher. <laughs> well, the, the, the butcher is closed now because it's getting, it's getting late in the day. Well, so I, is there like appointments you have to set up? Um, no, you just have to arrive there while they're open. Um, okay. So I tell everyone at 12 a.m. I'm there. <laughs> 12 a.m. <laughs> Waiting outside the door. No, they're, they're, they're not. That's midnight. But when do they open? Uh, they would open at 6 a.m. So at 5.59. 5.59. So 5.59, you want to be at the butcher shop, see if you can buy a duck. A duckling! And then did you still want to go to the, the gnome village at the base of the mountain and check that out? No, because I do not want to go through that scanner again. Not okay. Oh my gosh, can I get a little ninja hamster? A ninja, <laughs> a ninja hamster? <laughs> you can get a hamster, but you'd have to train it to be a ninja. No, 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 no. I'm doing that. <laughs> we don't get a hamster, buy a little ninja costume, and then dress him in it. <laughs> okay. All right, so. Alright, so you spent you spent your gold, um, and we're going to say 
Dave is going to buy the weapon, uh, the dagger that's there. That's that's. he's going to buy the shield. No, no, he decided to pass on the shield. Yeah, he's he's going to buy the dagger because he was while you two were discussing about the animals that you're trying to get, he went over and he started talking to Greg and and Greg told him about the dagger and, and sold him on it. And he comes walking over, and he's he's got the dagger in his hand. And he's looking at it wide eyed. Like, hey guys, did you hear about this thing? This thing's pretty wild. He called this. Uh, Greg said this was a uh, a weapon of warning. As long as I have this dagger on me. It warns me of danger. So while it's on me, I have uh, advantage on initiative rolls. Um, and in addition, all of us within 30 feet, we can't be surprised um, unless we're incapacitated uh, by something other than the non-magical sleep. Uh, the, the weapon magically awakens us. Um, if uh, we're sleeping naturally uh, when combat begins, so like we, uh, so if we're if we're all at camp and we're all asleep, the the dagger will wake all of us up if, if someone's trying to to attack us. We can't be surprised. Um, but so let's go book a room. Okay. Yeah. Because all this I all the shopping wears you out. Okay, so are we there? Did we get room seventeen? Are we there yet? Yes, so you walk over to, to the Stone Bed Inn, which that name does not bode well for how comfortable it is. Yeah. But uh, Doc did say that it was very, very nice. Um, I, Is room 17 booked? Uh, well, when you first walk in the room, or you first walk in the inn, it's a, it's a bustling place. There's lots of lots of soldiers and other people that are sitting down having dinner and, and, and having drinks for the evening. And you start working your way through the, through the crowd. And that's when you see Varys. Do you remember Varys from way back when? No. Nope. Spot the mystery. He was he was the very tall elf, uh, dressed all in black from Westman, and he talked with a voice like this. And he, he didn't talk very much. I don't remember. You don't remember him don't at remember. all. Okay. So he walks over to the two of you, and he says, "Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he walks over to the three of you, and he says." Doc sent me ahead. I got a room for you already. Is it 17? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's room 17. And he, he holds out the key to you. And on the little keychain, it says 17 on it. <laughs> and Vera says, get some rest. We've got a lot of work to do. Who are you? We know him. I'm that <laughs> mister. My name's Paris. At 5.59, I'm going to be at the but butcher. Okay. Getting a duckling. I'll wake you up early. How about you wake me up at midnight? Okay. Because it takes a while to go. I mean, like, I have to curl. You don't, you don't have to whisper. That's just the way that the Varys is. I mean, voice. like, I have to curl my hair, <laughs> and then I have to prop it down, and then I have to put my blush on, <laughs> It takes her like six hours. And all I have to do, and it takes hours. so long because I have to use a spell to make me look beautiful. I mean, this does not come naturally. And <laughs> <laughs> have you just your burger come out of your nose? No. That that comes naturally. Oh. <laughs> Get some sleep. Thank you. You don't have to whisper. That's just the way that he talks. I'm just being cool. <laughs> <laughs> He shoots you a dirty look like you because he thinks you're mocking him. Sorry. He Dude. gives you a quick wave and, and he walks out. So you go to your rooms. He's a mysterious person. You bed down and you fall asleep pretty quickly because it's been it's been a long day of traveling and shopping and you got hurt by the moonbeam. Um, and then he wakes me up at 12. So Varys does knock on your door in the middle of the night. You hear a thump, thump, thump. Yeah, what is it? What is it? It's Ferris. <gasps> yes. So you get up right away. <laughs> and then it's five fifty-nine, and I go. Nope, nope, it's not five fifty-nine. Uh, you don't know what time it is. What time is it? It's one a.m. Ah! I told you to wake me up at twelve. No, I'm gonna be late. We don't have time for that. I quickly brush my hair. What time is it? It's five fifty-nine. No, it doesn't take you that long. We have to hurry. Doc has a mission for us. Tell her I need to be back by 5.59. Don't whisper, please. <laughs> well, no, but they're sleeping. No, they all get woken oh. up by the knock on the door. Um, tell them... Tell, 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 tell
you think Doc will let me out at like 5.59? I, I'm not sure. Okay, I'll go talk to her. Well, she, <gasps> Who is that? She's still asleep. She gave me your orders. You have to come with me right now. What about us? <sighs> so you all wake up. Or do you go back to sleep? Go back to sleep. <laughs> okay. so, I don't know why I'm whispering. You, yeah, I don't know either. So, Mimi, you get up and you start getting your stuff together very quickly. Dave gets up and he starts getting his stuff together very quickly. But Galaxy just rolls over and starts snoring on the bed. <laughs> so what do you do? I walk out the door. Okay. You open up the door and uh, Galaxy, roll a perception check for uh, me. Oh. Ah. Uh. 11. 11? So 11, well, that's still not quite good enough. You don't wake up. The light from the door and the sound and the commotion of them getting getting together doesn't wake you up. So you're still sound asleep snoring. Yay! Should we ice cream? Galaxy! Now you wake up from this scream in your ear. Dave stretches out his little arms and he yawns and he throws his pack at his shoulder. He's like, come on, Galaxy. We've got... Uh, We've got work to do. My red hair is like, my red hair is not good. You gotta, I have to dye it again. <laughs> do you have a seriously bad case of bedhead right now? Yeah. Okay. It's like all bundled up. All right, so you, so half asleep, you gather up your stuff. And up my you got drool coming out of your mouth. Your hair is all sticking off to the one side. But you gather your things up. And do you follow Mimi and Dave out the door? When I'm walking and brushing my hair half asleep. Okay. So Varys takes you out of the inn And he actually takes you back up the stairs Leading up to the top of Mount Olympus again And it's it's a far ways up So in by, so by the time that you get to the top You're a little out of breath Because it was a pretty good workout Getting up to the top And my hair's back <laughs> Great So you had lots of time to brush your hair on the way up And Varys starts walking over towards the stables Towards your ponies Will we need them? He's like, yes. Why do you always whisper? And he pulls the handkerchief down from his neck. And you can see that there is a ghastly looking scar across his neck that it looks like someone had cut his throat at some point in time. And that's the reason why his voice is is so quiet and so rough. Were you a really loud person before? I guess so. I'm so sorry of what happened. He just shrugs and he keeps on walking towards the stables. He's like, it's happened, it's done. All right, so you get to the stables, all your ponies are there. I ride, kind of ginger. And I ask, I I want to eat right now because I didn't have bacon for breakfast. Well, you have bacon to ride. Oh, yeah. So I start licking him. Like, yeah. <laughs> so... Can both of you roll a yeah. perception check for me? Eleven. A natural twenty. You got a twenty? So you roll a twenty. Holy cow. Alright. That's good? That no, that's very good. Actually, technically so, twenty-four. So you're on your pony and you ride. Bacon. <laughs> no, you ride bacon out into the in. No, it's dead of night right now. It's one o'clock in the morning, ah. so it's dark out. There's not a lot of people that are milling about, and you ride out of the stable. Mimi is next to you. Dave is right behind you on uh, Amaretto. That's his pony. And so the three of you, and then that's when you're at the lead. But that's when you pull up in your reins and you stop your pony. Whoa, bacon! And Mimi, you stop short to, to keep from running into bacon and dave does the same thing and that's when you look back and you see a man standing there that's no longer Varus. he's still dressed in all black but this time he's got very pale skin and you can see that he's smiling at you and he has got fangs a vampire and he looks very much like the vampire that you saw down in those ancient ruins that was frozen. He casts a spell on the three of you. Do you think he was a... I don't think Doc sent us here. I think he is someone in disguise. And that's when everything 
goes bright white. And you are suddenly very, very cold. You're now in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by sun. Or, surrounded by sun. You're now in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by snow and swirling wind. And it is bright daylight out. Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters is a proud member of the Black Party Podcast Network. Check out our other shows, such as the Dungeon Master's Block, the GM Showcase, Geek Wars, and more.